This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this 18th edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Ryan Bibb, Pastor Josh Harriman, myself, Pastor Josh Brown, we pick up where we left off with Ray Dash Jr. He's the lead pastor of the Rock Christian Fellowship in Newark, New Jersey. The hope uh, that we have for these two episodes of Radiant Reflections is for the white community to understand more clearly systemic racism as well as uh, foster a culture of unity in getting to know our neighbors, regardless of what color their skin is. And Pastor Ray has some amazing insights uh, to help us do that. So let's jump right into part two of Radiant Reflections with Pastor Ray Dash Jr. So, hey, in the kind of in the in the aftermath of, of the George Floyd killing, you know, we saw several things play out on social media. You know, I mean, and we're talking about we're talking about police. We're talking about you know, race. These different things. You know, there were a boatload of people that you know they they changed their profile picture on say Facebook to to a black square, and you know, there's lots of you know hashtag Black Lives Matter. Then you had you had other people responding. Well, no, all lives matter. Blue or, lives or blue lives yeah. matter. You know, the, the grassroots movement to make assaulting a police officer a, a hate crime. Uh, how do we, how do we sift through all that? I mean, is social media in, in your opinion and in your, and in your experience, is that an effective way to address racial issues? Is that, you know, when, when we talk about black lives matter is, you know, if I, if I use that hashtag, do I have to sign on to the political agenda of, you know, the black lives matter organization how do we, I mean, yeah, all these different things started popping up and it was, I mean, quite frankly, it was a little bit overwhelming to try to figure out, wait, <laughs> what do we, what do we do with all of this? So, I mean, do you want, can you speak into that at all, Ray? Well, um, I would say it, it may show support, right? Like, so you put a black square show support. However, I do not believe that it is the most effective way to show support to Black Lives Matter. I'll be honest with you, even the movement, I don't think is the most effective way to show support to the black community. Can you double click on that a little bit, Ray, and tell us a little bit more why you say that? Why Why do you think it's not as effective? So... I know people can't stand when I say this, but I really don't care. Um, <laughs> um, if I'm wrong, correct me, please. But um, nonetheless, Black Lives Matter. Okay, if if Black if I was the CEO, let's say of Black Lives Matter, I wouldn't just wait for when these police brutality situations rise up or even like, you know, I mean, the the start of this was the um, Trayvon Martin situation, you know, and George Zimmerman wasn't a police officer, but um, took matters into his own hands. And if you know the story with them, you know, not only won the case, um, sued the parents and sold the gun and and made money on top of money right. on top of people's grief. And so disgusting to me, however, yeah. um, that's what happened. But um, Black Lives Matter for me, 
um, as I am a big advocate in our community. You know, every day or majority of days is shootings. Black people don't like this term, neither black on black crime. Right. Um, There's a lot of black people sitting in jail because they killed another black person. So how do we intervene with that? And I've been a part of even in our immediate community. There has not there's been shootings, but there has not been a death in the last three plus years since a 16 year old got killed three, three years ago. And so there is an agreement in our community that we will not resort to shooting as a, you know, the, the solution to solving a problem. And so um, and that is one big element. And I will say that in order for any other culture, whether police or anybody, to to value say the black community we got to show we value one another first i think that's most effective mm. and you, then, did you when you say we evalu- when you say we do you mean the black community itself exactly right must exactly. value each other as a right. starting point okay right lives thank you their lives to one another you know just overall in that respect like hey you know what if there was the 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 turn up, if you may, that's going on now, all the chaos, all the protests and all the breaking of things and so forth like that. If we did that in our community for every time a black person was killed by another person. Oh, <laughs> other people would see like, don't play with them. Right. You get some traction with that. Yeah, right. Right. You know, um, but we don't we, we want to act like that's not I don't want to say every person wants to act like it's not an issue. I have friends and people I know that are speaking to that and dealing with that. Um, And so that's an issue that we should deal with. We should deal with all the aborted children in our communities. Right. Um, uh, We should deal with um, fathers, the lack of fathers in our communities. And so y'all can even pray because we're we'll be hosting real soon um a gathering of all the fathers in the neighborhood um very cool to really sit and talk and really build on improving like so i'm just one that believes okay so everybody is not going to walk with jesus i understand that but there can be a more civil way of raising your children so that you make a, a better impact in our community. Mm-hmm. And part of that is being involved with them. A part of that is not teaching them the ignorance, you know, um, showing them value, getting them out the community, things like that. And those things will give way. I'm sure there are others. Some people are going to walk with Jesus because we built the bridge. And so, mm-hmm. um, so if I was again, the CEO of Black Lives Matter, these are the things I would be, you know, shaking, shaking up, you know, um, with all the resources that they have. But you don't see them actually doing that? Not from my side of view. I have not seen that. Yeah. 
Okay. I've seen, you know, the political. I've seen, you know, stir up with police brutality, you know, um, that kind of thing. And then I see people that are in support of them that will speak to those other things as well. Um, however, when you hashtag, so I, I shy away from the hashtag because I know it has so many other legs. Mm. And so that's why I, shy, I, I have not used the hashtag. But do I believe Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Do yeah. I believe all lives matter? Yes. I, I, I believe, like I saw a post recently from one of my friends, they said, drop the drop whatever words and just put lives matter. Mm. And, and and to add any words shows a they said racism, I would say a bias. Mm. Right. So lives matter. And, and they and they do for me. They did to Jesus. That's right. right. Um, so so that is the truth. Um, and I understand when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, yes, the whole example that we're talking about brain cancer, why are we talking about lung cancer at this this situation? I get that, right? Um, but at the core of our hearts, do we value everyone's lives? And then, like, you know, um, if Black Lives Matter to Black Lives Matter movement, then we shouldn't be calling Black people Uncle Toms and and all sellouts and all of that because their lives matter, their opinion matters, right? Because right. black lives matter. Right. So that the whole, you know, agenda with the, you know, LGBTQ, whatever that is behind that. I'm not in support of that. And so that's why I shot away from that. Um, there's other ways to show that we support black lives mattering to us. Mm. And a lot of that is just in how you live everyday life. So, I mean, and you, so you've addressed a little bit here, like within the, within the black community, how they can kind of support and, and, and enact change. But for, so for like JB and, and Ryan and myself, again, I mean, we're three white guys who who love Jesus wanna wanna follow Jesus wanna work towards the unity that he prayed for his followers like what are some practical ways that we can support the black community practical ways that we can work to address systemic uh, injustice um, I mean I'm I'm kind of a I mean this is the first time we've interacted but I I like to think that I'm a, a nuts and bolts kind of guy like real like hey what what can i do today you know or tomorrow to to start to enact change so for for the three of us but also for everyone listening who's you know maybe part of the the majority culture what are some practical things that we can do to to yeah to be supportive but also to to proactively seek uh the change that that is needed so I don't want to sound spiritual, but you're, um, you're a pastor. Truthful, you're, you're allowed right? to sound I mean, you're right. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm going to be very honest with you. I believe it's a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. And so first off, I would say to cry out to the Lord for a burden, mm -hmm. you know, like just in prayer, man, like God in, help me to, to see your heart. 
in this matter and how I can be a part of. Right. Because, again, you know, we don't just want to do things. We want to be effective in what we do. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to be effective in what we do. okay, God, what would you have me to do? And so, God, can you give me a burden for how this bridge can be built? If not, we're just building a bridge. And then, you know, (laughs) then what? Right. And so, like, I believe I really, really believe, guys, that this is the time the church is able to shine. Like, you know, I said it some weeks ago, you know, back in, you know, those people that know about, you know, Calvary Chapel movement and the birthing of that, you know, Chuck was not a hippie. He didn't act like the people that he served. That's right. Kay had to talk him into it. (laughs) Right. Exactly right. And so when you consider that, right, the same kind of situation is right before our face. People, you know, that we can touch that may not look like you, act like you, or even think like you. However, you know, when, when God was calling Joshua to go in and possess land, he was telling them, hey, don't be afraid of men's faces. You know, and I think that's one of the starting points. We see people with tattoos looking all angry and stuff, and we don't take the time to engage and get to know a person. And I believe it's time for the church to shine the light on the outside of the building because we are the church, right? Like we just gather, we get our marching orders and we're supposed to go as the Lord leads us. But I see a lot of times we're waiting for people to come in the building and then we'll shine the light. That's not the great commission. Mm. So I would say that, but I'd also say, even as I asked, I had talked to, one of the guys that has his boots to the ground as far as still in the world and very heavily involved in, you know, the, the, the negative stuff that happens around here. And so, you know, the Lord having removed me from that lifestyle for so many years, I could have a perception or perspective and um, it'd be totally opposite than really hearing from the heart of the people. And when I talk to this one guy um, who has a lot of influence around here, um, he didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for sneakers. He didn't ask for a car. What he said was that we need resources for education because, you know, even when you look at the pandemic and the shelter in place, I mean, I see a lot of kids suffering even with school because the parents are not able to homeschool them, Mm. um, whether for a lack of their own education or, you know, the amount of work, you know, the the time that they spend at at their jobs, Um, you know, tablets and computer resources were not here. and, and so some of those resources and that can. And so as say you guys, if you're praying and God said, okay, you know what? 
We'll come alongside this, you know, say this church or whatever and, and stand with the people. And we're going to be a support in this respect. We're going to, you know, like I, I just give you a case in point. What we were saying we needed to um, create here was like a workspace environment to help people, you know, um, learn trades so that they can work. And and the other thing is to to build. You see, I talk to a lot of guys on the streets, for example, and they would leave the drug life you know, alone, but they can't find, and they're not making a lot of money, but they can't seem to find some kind of way to generate wealth. And I talked to another guy, you know, he, he's saying, this is all I know. And so part of it is, you know, when we walk with the Lord, when I say, for example, when I was started walking with the Lord, I was making so much money in the streets. And then I went to $11 and 50 cents, $11 and 50 cents an hour, you know? And I'm like, it, it took, First, me coming into this relationship with the Lord, then trusting him, you know. And so with somebody that has been unredeemed, they don't see another way because they've been doing this since their teenage years. And you, you got and you got to make a living somehow. I mean, I mean, exactly. Right. You provide for your right. family. You yeah. got to do what you have right. to do. Right. And then the part of it is think about it. Right. At teenage years, not only are the kids say that want things that they see other people have. It, there's a total other side. Everybody is not doing it because of that. But if your mom is strung out on drugs and not using the resources that she receives mm. for the betterment of the family, then you're stuck at 13 and 14 years old. Care for, caring for siblings, you mean? Caring for siblings, yes. Wow. I, I know several situations wow. like that. You know, or say a, a little 12 well, he started at 11 years old. His mother had died. His brother automatically took him in. But his brother works nights. This little boy staying at home by himself every day, getting up for school in the morning on his own. Nobody's there overnight. Wow. And so that's just one situation in a community. And so it's these kind of things that create some of the things that happen, you know, because of, you know, what we have done, these are the consequences or because I'm dependent on the government, you know, all of these, it, it's not just, Oh, somebody wakes up and I just want to sell drugs because that's the right way to go about life. That's not yeah. the case for everyone, you know? Um, and, and what we can't do is say, Oh, well, you know what? Here, here's a story. You know, look at them. They did something different. Yes, but you don't know the resources. For example, there's a young fella in our community right here. His brother is always involved in problems and stuff, but he is not. Why? What people don't realize is he went away to boarding school. He talks different, acts different, and he's doing something different. They live in the same house, they come from the same neighborhood. But they don't understand the, the opportunities that one had versus the other. And so you can look at them later on and say, look at him. He went to college. He did something positive with his life. But maybe the opportunities weren't there for both of them. So so just to make sure I'm tracking, I mean, so so from a practical standpoint, you know, I mean, so we I mean, you talked about praying, asking God to give us a burden. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, because there's this there's this spiritual battle aspect. So so pray and ask for that burden, which is uh, amazing. You say that, Ray, because we are right <laughs> in the middle of a teaching series. Our, our lead pastor is taking us through called SWAT. 
spiritual warfare and tactics. Mm, and, mm. and and we're talking about the armor of God. So that that's a that's an aside, but but yeah, mm. I mean so so there's the there's that spiritual aspect. But then uh I mean the one of the things I'm hearing you say is is we have to be really careful, you know, when we look at you know, I mean, and this could apply to any individual. You know, we have to be very careful to assign uh motivations or oh well, hey well that person just stop being a drug dealer right <laughs> you know when it's mm. when it's not that easy like and, and take a time to to really try to understand somebody's situation uh but then mm-hmm. also um and if, if i'm if i'm tracking with you finding finding healthy ways to partner with communities in need of resources to i mean see hey is, is there a way that we can you know partner to get resources in hand and, and whatnot. Am I, I mean, am I, am I tracking with you or am I? Right. So, yep, exactly right. Nope. That's right. And then even with, you know, so, so sometimes we can come in to a community, Hey, we're going to do this for a week. And, you know, and this is the thing we did for this community. We helped them. Yes. Right. Cause our church has been blessed like that, but then there's the other, part where hey we're going to be walking with this this ongoing right ongoing and and this is what we're going to do like it's the same concept of discipleship right so i'm not just going to be coming here to do this thing for this church or for this family but i'm going to walk with them i'm going to begin to transition so that they know how so for example here at our church a lot of times two things that come up against us well, three. Um, the community is very transitional, so you'll see a you know turnover in the church, right? And because of income, you know, it's not a lot of resources. But the other thing you'll also see is um, skill set. There's a lack of skill set, and because the work life balance is off, is it's hard sometimes for commitment. Because yeah, we want people to serve and help and so forth like that. But we also don't want their homes to be falling apart at the mm-hmm. same time, right. right? And if you're working 12, 16, and your hours are, are fluctuating day and night, you know, that's that can be a challenge. Weekends, not weekends, all of those things. But then also, um, so we have some people, and again, our church is very diverse, probably about six different cultures in our church. However, say when we get a guy that comes in and he has a skill, hey, I'm, I used to be a foreman, an electrician. And I know carpentry as well. That's a blessing, right? But that's not the norm. Mm. You know, when when I've been in, you know, predominantly white church, that, you know, that that's a luxury because there's multiple guys, that, <laughs> no construction, <laughs> electric, you know, so if one can't do it, another dude can, right? However, as you were we saying support, that, Ray, I got to interrupt you. As you were saying that one of our, our, our lead trustees walked right past us here in the lobby, <laughs> heading back to one of the rooms that they're working on doing some carpentry stuff with. So it, it's a, a, a living his example. lunch break too. Yeah. Right. Right. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah a right. living example of what you're saying just happened right before our eyes. Right. Right. And so, you know, here it, it's a little different, but if we embraced a, a place and, and began to teach some or a few how to Mm. in the long run 
it'll be more effective even for our community mm-hmm. and even that individual because now they could sell their hands and earn resources for themselves instead of just saying, hey, I'm coming in. I'm going to do this electrical work for you guys this weekend. See you later. Yeah. You see the difference? It's amazing you're saying that. I've, I've been listening to a podcast uh, with Dr. Preston Sprinkle, and he's really been challenging the notion of of um, the normal idea of what we see to be a mission trip. And a mission trip is like when you get a handful of kids and you throw them in a in the church van and you roll in for two weeks and you paint this and you do that and then you leave and you go home mm-hmm. and that's what you do. And he is saying the exact same thing that you're saying, Ray, which is what if we were to look at a mission trip as a way to go in and equip people, boots on the ground thinking, to be able to accomplish those things, not, not just in a two week out of 52 weeks in a year window, but the entire year within their own context. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. That uh, would be more effective. And you see, mm-hmm. this is the thing. It's a, it's a, like in our community, transformation happens, but it's a slow and grinding commitment. Right. Like, so I came in this community that we're in right now, six years ago. And, you know, you look at, say, the kids in the school at that time, you know, the worst kids from the school were hanging in our parking lot after school. And we knew that because the principal came over and gave us warning to be careful with some of them. And what we found in two, three years later was testimony from the teachers in the school about how these young kids have become some of their best students. Mm-hmm. So if you looked at the kids right now, say you came over, you look at the kids and probably say, man, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> right. But if you go back six years and saw them, you would say, Good Lord, what's wrong with you guys, right? (laughs) And and then as you're here and you're learning them, they're learning you, you're engaged throughout the years, you're starting to see like, oh, wow. And then you see the transition, but you also get to learn a lot of their life and understanding even, you know, their home life. And you can understand like, oh, yeah, I I understand why why you're behaving this way. Which again, so can, you're no, no mm-hmm. go ahead, Ray. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you, you, our, you see, the problem is a lot of times we're trying to give kids our normal. And that is their normal. Mm-hmm. However, and we're starting to fix them morally. That's not the fix. It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the fix. And if we keep giving kids and people Jesus, the fixings will come. Mm-hmm. Come on. Right. You're, you're, like you're I, preaching, brother. This yes. is good. This is good. <laughs> Nobody had to tell me to pull up my pants. When I started walking with Jesus, I pulled up my pants. Right? Like that's tweetable we, right like, there. You can't be around here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but we try, oh, you need to pick up your pants before you walk in here. That's not the that's not the gospel. That's not what transforms. Right. It's him. And when he, we continue to present him to people 
will have the opportunity to speak into those other areas. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think we, we've tried to fix people externally and haven't allowed him to work in hearts. Well, and, and Ray, I think, I think one of the themes here, at least I, I think it's a theme is, is you have to have relationship with people. If you want to, you want to, yeah. you want to get to know somebody, you want to be able to enact change. You have to, you have to initiate relationships with people that, you know, Hey, if we want to support the black community, we'll look around. How many, how many black people do I know? How many, you know, do I, can I say like, the, you know, your, your, your gal in the, in the summer, like, Oh, well, I have, I have black friends. You know, do I, am I actually getting to know people? Yeah. Am I, am I taking time to invest myself into uh, different communities, diverse communities to learn and try to understand, yeah, Hey, this is what this kid's normal is. You know, is that, right. is that I mean, so just that relationship. That is, is, that is a hundred percent. That, that is, that is the world changer. Like that was the world changer for me. I grew up in, again, New York city and all the white people got off the train. 96th street never was in my neighborhood. It wasn't until I had an opportunity to play for a, a school basketball and, um, where it was the first time I seen white people in my class. And um, and as I got to know people then and then I got put out of that school and got sent back. And so um, back into just, you know, black and Hispanics, then um you know, listening to Tupac and songs like this white man's world, that was my counsel. Mm. And it wasn't until I got around, you know, white people who not only, you know, well, before knowing Christ as well, but even after that, I had my own personal experience versus what I had been listening to, what I had been thinking, what I assumed because I really didn't engage with a different culture. And it was so counter my quote unquote, it it wasn't even my, it was my reality, but it was my assumption based on what I didn't allow myself to, to get involved with. We had some kids go down a couple of weeks ago. We were invited to go down to uh, one of the pastor's house and kids were able to come and, swim and so forth like that and those kids had they said this was my, their first time being around white people other than inside of our church and they were asking could they go back mm-hmm. right but if they didn't have that experience they would have as they did have their own assumption of what you know the world tells them who white people are. But also if white people don't take that step of, of an act of hospitality and saying, Hey, Mm -hmm. I have a pool and I have black neighbors. I'm going to have my black neighbors over to swim with me. If we don't begin doing some of those things, don't we enforce the stereotypes that the black community may have of white people? Yes. I think it's twofold. You know, um, I, I definitely think it's twofold. I, I think it's us being vulnerable <laughs> and whites being vulnerable, yeah, right? Yeah. To understand that it's okay. That's right. Maybe we, you know, maybe we loud, maybe we talk with slang, maybe we do those kind of things. 
and and you know but that's how you, you get to know it oh i understand i understand you know and then you start to learn even statements that maybe you make that are offensive i i I would learn statements, right, that you may feel like I may say that are inappropriate. Like, that's offensive to me. You know, like if you go to, you know, somebody and say, to a black friend or a black person, you know, and say, man, why you, every time you go to barbecue, you always drinking watermelon? They might be offended by that. Rightly you so. Know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all black people eat chicken. Like, right. somebody might be offended by that, you know. But, but if you knew them, that, that once offensive statement could be like a joke now you know right. like <laughs> and, and so it's these kind of things you know like once we engage one another and again that's why i'm saying it has to start with the church the church is the the place that i believe in this time where the world is is hopeless and so they're acting hopeless right and so the church can model this is the place where you find unity amongst diversity. Mm. And, and we can show the world that, hey, here it's solid. Mm. Here it's solid. And so what I would say is we have, you know, because people oh, in the church, oh, I'm not a racist. I'm not. I, I don't. And the reality is you're not taking time to say, Lord, search my heart. Mm. You're defending it. And so. How about saying, okay, and recognizing, hey, there's residue in my heart. I've been transformed, but there's still residue from my old way of thinking or maybe even areas. You know, some, some places it's not until somebody else speaks to me that I don't even realize I'm acting or even the way I'm carrying myself or so forth. So, mm. you know, but we defend ourselves. I'm not that way. Mm. You, you know, like, no, pro chances are you probably are because you know, it, it struck a, a chord or whatever. Oh, so. That's good. It's mm. good. Ray, what is one piece of advice that you would give um, to us um, as your white brothers and sisters concerning race? Just one piece of advice. And then what's a, what's a one piece of advice that you would give your black brothers and sisters concerning race? That's a good question. So the first thing comes to heart is um, make a commitment, make a commitment to do this long term, because in our hearts, you know, this is the, the hot thing on the press right now. But in our hearts, it's real easy to default back to, you know, what's comfortable for us. And remember, it's it's a spiritual battle. Satan wants to divide. God wants to unite. You look in the scriptures, Revelation, we get to heaven. It's every tribe, tongue, and nation. Amen. Yeah. Right? And so we ain't going to have the west side, <laughs> the white side, <laughs> the black side of heaven, you know. But it's a commitment. And I would say be committed to making a difference right um to and that's that's both parties mm. right be committed to what god has called to be like jesus not like the disciples jesus intentionally went through samaria some people that didn't look like him you know like they didn't act like him 
and there was racial tension. But he said, I must needs be going. He spoke Ebonics to get there. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> he said he needs be going to Samaria. It was it was necessary. Yeah. And he began to engage. And so begin to engage and be committed not just to have one conversation, but day, you know, like, hey, I'm gonna I'm going to see how God has this to be part of my lifestyle and to be real, genuine with it. Right. Like, cause you know, somebody made somebody, one person may, it's a put on, but really in your heart, like God, you, you're stirring me in this direction. You, you've opened up this opportunity and I'm going to begin to walk in this way. And so that would be my encouragement. Commit to, just what God is calling us to be in the respect of unity within, you know, like nationalities. It's, it starts in the church. It really starts in the church and it can flow out and impact the world, you know. But even in the world, you know, who when we walk through the Walmart, who who we're willing to stop and, and talk to Will we be intentional or committed to, hey, I'm going to engage this person right here because I feel led, Mm -hmm. but I also want to learn. I want to glean. I want to understand, you know, and and everybody that has has an appearance of an angry face is not angry. That's right. It's good. Yeah. And, and unity is not going to happen by accident. So I like that. I like that call to commitment. Like you're talking about pastor. That's, that's really good. That's a good word. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Pastor. I guess I guess before I before I close out, like JB or Ryan, anything else you want to, or Pastor Ray, anything else you want to uh, put out there before we close this episode down? I'll jump in there and say uh, that that anyone who uh, wants to get to know Pastor Ray better, uh, to check out his website. Um, uh, for his church there in Newark, Ray, what's the what's the URL for that? Um, it's the Rock Newark. It's T H E R O C K N E W A R K. Yeah. Or you can just even um, on uh, Instagram, it's Ray Dash J R. Yeah. Yeah. Thank check you. out Ray's uh, Instagram page, uh, Facebook, and. Um, Definitely check out Rock with Jesus, his radio broadcast, mm-hmm. which uh, you, you guys uh, have that on your website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I know uh, Pastor Ray and began serving him was uh, through radio, uh, connecting in that way, um, just to find out and learn more about what God's called Ray to do in Newark and how you might be able to support uh, that that work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure that our listeners are clear that when we say dash, it's the actual <laughs> letters, not yes. dash mark. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. D A S H. Yes. That's, that's right. good. That's that's actually. I, I wouldn't have even thought of that. That was a good clarification. But you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, uh, Pastor Ray. Any anything else you want to uh, leave leave with our listeners before we before we wrap this up? No, just thank you guys. And um, one other just thought for the church in in showing 
diversity. And I'd say that's for, you know, whether it's black church leaders and I don't even like that term neither, but, you know, predominantly black church versus, you know, predominantly white church is be prayerful about engaging others to be co-laborers, you know, of other nationalities, whatever those nationalities are. Um, invest in, in that because it shows the the body of believers that we are in support of uniting together. Um, so, you know, if not, people will be in a church and and feel like sub-laborers versus co-laborers. No, that's good. That's um, good. Well, hey, uh, Pastor Ray, would you... Would you mind closing out this episode? This is a little bit different than how we normally do an episode. Would yeah. you mind closing out this episode of our podcast in prayer? Absolutely. And thanks again, guys. Father, we just thank you. Um, we thank you, Lord, for putting it on the hearts of these guys, Lord, to to even have this conversation, to use their platform, God, to, to glorify you and to um, have these discussions. Many times they're difficult. Uh, we want to avoid them. But God, you moved on their hearts, and I just thank you for that. And I pray that you would just bless them, bless them in their venture, bless them in their obedience, God. Um, just continue to order their steps. And I pray for every listener, Lord, who has um, tuned in. I pray that you would just, um, the things that you have spoken, God, that you would give them feet um, to move forward in the things that they have taken away from this time. And um, I just pray that you would bless their lives as well, God, wherever they are willing to get uncomfortable for your glory's sake, God, may you just be glorified through and um, and in their lives, Lord God. We just thank you. We thank you so much for this, this um, much needed time. We pray, God, that you would just give them more opportunities to engage in these matters. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. 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 Thank Pastor, you, Pastor, Pastor Ray. Thank you. Thank you, you for you taking guys. time. Taking the time. Yes. We, we appreciate, no appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, have a wonderful rest of your day. Yes, likewise, guys. Thank you. All right. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.